Welcome to the Sunday edition of the Progressive Unity podcast being recorded on a Saturday this week because we don't know what day it is, do we, Adam? No idea what day it is. Uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought Latics were played on a Saturday and then, yeah, it's actually Monday. Playing midweek Wednesday didn't help us either, did it? So, no. talking of Wednesday, I uh, feel like I need to apologize a little about the Wednesday po- podcast. For me, it was a bit like Christmas and you've got the week building up. And then you get Christmas Eve and you're all tingly because you're waiting for, for it to happen. And then Christmas Day, you open all your presents and, and you're buzzing, you have your big dinner and two bottles of wine. And then come the evening, feeling a little bit fluff. And I think that's how I felt definitely Wednesday because I know we'd had the takeover and then we went and lost to Gillingham, didn't we? And it was like, <laughs> so instead of being bubbly and bouncy, I felt a bit deflated in a way. Yeah. Using the Christmas analogy, it's like yeah, you've you know you've had a you built up to it. You had a great day, and then uh, your wife gives you divorce papers at five o'clock. So you've had a bit a bit <laughs> yeah. of a day now. Not that I've ever been married. Uh, yeah, Den Den Watson. Uh, yeah, I never thought you'd be talking about EastEnders on podcast. I'm, a, I'm I feel a little bit more uplifted today than than uh, that is. Well, I felt very uplifted. It was just that I think in the manner we lost the game as well. And there's been a lot of, shall I say, a retribution from Gillingham fans because attacking us because of like we've talked about the way they not not using it as an excuse, but basically saying we wouldn't have liked to you know to have Steve Evans as our manager and, and, and put up with that every, every home match or every get time we play. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Because if he's on your side, I suppose you probably think, yeah, siege mentality and everyone's against us and you and you rally around him. But yeah, over the years, he's consistently been a manager that I've just not liked in his his attitude, his style. You know, I didn't like him when he was at Rotherham, you know, and, and obviously he's been at numerous clubs, hasn't he? So yeah, he's not he's not for me, but you know, end of the day. You, you've got to play against whatever styles up against you, haven't you? Really, and 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 I'm sure there'll be other games this season where we might have to do that. I thought we did okay at it, to be honest. I th- yeah. think on another day, on another day, we come out of that with a, a narrow win, don't we? But luck wasn't on our side. No, put that behind us. Crack on. So we played Wednesday. Everybody else played Friday. A quick run through the results. Uh, Burton got a. Creditable draw away at Accrington. I think they're more or less safe now. We had Ipswich Town beating Bristol Rovers. That did us a big favour, 2-1. Northampton scored against Shrewsbury, who put up a very poor show, I believe. Plymouth Argyle beat Wimbledon 1-0, again doing us a favour. And Pompey, who we play on Monday, beat Rochdale 2-1. And, of course, Swindon lost at home to high-flying and very much informed Blackpool, two, two goals to nil. And it left the league table, Adam, with us in 22nd place on 35 points. Above us, we've got Wimbledon playing 37 on 36 points. Swindon, same number of games as us on 37. And Northampton Town, who've played a game more than us on 39. Still ever so close down at the bottom. Just looking at the form table, I mean, Bristol Rovers is, you know, they've they've lost... I'm just looking at what I've got on my screen. They've lost five in a row. You know, obviously at this stage of the season, <laughs> it's not looking too good for them. But that said, we we've now gone four matches without winning, uh, two draws in there, albeit creditable performances. Apart from the Accrington game, I thought played pretty well, really. 
uh, in certainly in large spells of the matches. <sighs> Swindon had that nice little run, didn't they? A couple of games where they've won. You know, those six six points, two wins in a row. You know, it does elevate you, and that's why even though they lost yesterday, they're still outside, aren't they, of the of the bottom four. I mean, I'm just wondering whether we play them, don't we? Is it last game of the season? Yeah, the last two matches are Stoke at home and then then us away. I mean, I I would absolutely take that now. If it was a straight, if we went into that game with any chance of staying up in our own hands. So what I mean is, say, I'm just looking at the goal difference. It's not that different to ours. So it could even be three points behind them. And let's say we had to win. You know, I'd give us, I'd give ourselves a chance. You know, and I'd be happy with that. Really, at this, I think we've just got to hang in there. The, the worrying thing for some is the. We've got this tough run of fixtures, haven't we, coming up? We've got Portsmouth, who are pushing on, which we'll talk about in a bit. But obviously Sunderland's just around the corner as well, isn't it? And, and we've just played Gillingham away, who were in the top six. So it's not it's not been an easy little run. And Ipswich, obviously, were pushing for the playoffs. So it's not it's not been an easy run, really, has it, who we've been playing, even though no. we have been playing well. No, but it's not easy for the rest of them either. Not Tech Northampton, for example. They play the top three all the way from home between now and the end of the season. And they don't play a side outside the top nine. So that's that's the final seven games that, you know, they've got the top three away and uh, the other four are against teams in the top nine going for for the playoffs. And what I would say about that as well is when we say they're playing the top three, they are the only three realistically now who can get the two promotion places. So it's not like one of them is booked for the playoffs and they're on the beach. You know, they're, they're all they're all going to go hell for leather in those last sort of uh, eight or nine games to get the points. So, you know, they're not going to get an easy ride. You know, sometimes you can play a side, can't you, who... For whatever reason, you know, they rest a few players ahead of the playoffs. But with these three, you know, it's an automatic promotion or the lottery of the playoffs. So they're going to be giving everything. So any side, I don't know if any of the other sides, I'm not going to fix this in front of me. If they play Hull, Peterborough or Sunderland, then they're in for a tough game. In a funny sort of way, playing Lincoln wouldn't be, we played them at the wrong time. They're on an awful run, Lincoln, at the moment. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Typical, we played them when they were top of the league. Yeah, but there's uh, stuff going on at Lincoln. They're... Uh... They're appealing to have games postponed because they've got, I think they've got quite a few injuries and they've had a COVID problem as well. So, so there is something behind that. Monday's games of teams in and around us. We've got Wimbledon at home to Fleetwood. Bristol Rovers play Doncaster. Swindon are away at Burton. Northampton are away at Hull. And Rochdale entertain Ipswich. So let, let's look at those fixed breaking down. I mean, you'd look at the Wimbledon Fleetwood. I think. You've got to say Wimbledon would target that, wouldn't they, as a, a very much winnable game against a side that nothing to play for, really, Fleetwood. Got Northampton away at Hull, which is clearly a tough game. Bristol Rovers, do you say Doncaster? A very out-of-form out Doncaster. So you'd like to, you'd think to yourself that eventually Bristol Rovers will get something. I mean, Doncaster haven't won in the last six games. They've lost two in a row. I mean, it's two out-of-form teams playing there, obviously. So we're just hoping that Doncaster, even if they get a point at Bristol Rovers, you know, that that's not good enough for Bristol Rovers, is it now, really? You know, so for, for our perspective, as long as Bristol don't win, hopefully Mr Cook can do us a favour uh, with Rochdale. And the Swindon-Burton game... Burton would probably look at it and think if we beat Swindon, then that's it, absolutely nailed on. We're in this division next year. So that that hopefully is the motivation really for that 
game, you know, extra motivation. I'm not saying they're not motivated, but extra motivation to put that distance where they can't really be caught. So, yeah, I think I think there's probably points for some of the sides around us there, but I don't think it's going to be a disastrous uh, Easter Monday in terms of what's going on around us. Um, obviously, our game is is very tough, but you know, if we can pick a point up and other teams lose, then you know that's that to me is a point gained, absolutely. Every point's a point gained at this stage of the season. Well, I, I mean, we'll come to the game in a moment, but I add up that we could actually push on and get more than that. In fact, we'll, we'll move on to that now, shall we? We'll move on to the Portsmouth game. The referee for the game is Tom Neal. He's from West Yorkshire. And as well as being a national list referee, he's also a senior nurse with the acute emergency services in the Mid-Yorkshire Hospitals Trust. And he's, he works on the front line during the COVID pandemic last, last year. Hats off to him for, for doing that. We've actually had Tom Neal refereeing us before. Uh, he refereed the home defeat to Gillingham back in September when we lost 3-2. And he's also refereed Portsmouth once. Uh, he was there 4-2 away at Burton. 4-2 away win at Burton. Of his 27 games so far this season, 10 have been in League 1 and 11 in League 2. He's issued 98 yellows, 2 reds and surprisingly only two penalty awards, Tom Neal. So he's a, he's a young gun, but hopefully a good one as well. well obviously, he's, uh, he's, he certainly should be able to deal with the stresses of a football match with what he's had to put up with for the last 12 months. Uh, interesting as well, it's a PPE referee in Pompey. <laughs> the, the puns are there somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've been talking to someone from down Pompey way, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, keep classing a friend of the show now, um, albeit he's only been on the podcast twice. He did also appear on our our post-administration uh, YouTube event, which is still available there. You know, we want to keep the views going on that. Uh, but yeah, he's um, he's been a great help to us, obviously, through the administration. We've obviously experienced at the, the FSA. So it was good of him to uh, talk to us again about that. And he introducing him. Uh, yeah, so we've got, uh, we've got Ashley Brown from Pompey. So the... Managerial change. So Kenny Jackett was in his fourth year um, at Portsmouth. I think it's fair to say that a lot of Pompey fans have been unhappy with Jackett as manager for um, at least uh, the whole of this season and quite possibly um, a good part of the season before. His record wasn't actually too bad as far as winning percentages are concerned. But, you know, in, in um, three years, he'd failed to get Portsmouth out of League One. There'd been two um, failed playoff attempts. And quite frankly, most of the fans found his football pretty boring and depressing to to watch. And so the fans, even though clearly they weren't in stadiums at the moment, had been very sort of vocal on social media about Jacket having to go. And uh, so I think it was absolutely inevitable. Um, the Cowleys have started positively. They've won their first two games, um, play a different style of football. They move the ball around, press high, attack. Um, and they also seem to be fairly progressive in their approach of, uh, of, of, of foot to football. And I think people are, are very hopeful that they're going to get us into the playoffs. I think automatic promotion might be a step too far this season. We've really dropped off the pace in the last few months. 
But I think now people really expect us to get into the playoffs again. A couple of key players to look out for. Um, well, the, the Cowleys have, have mixed and matched the, the teams around a little bit in the first two games. Uh, ben Close has been brought back into the team after being out in the wilderness for quite a while. Um, ben is a, is, a, is a great sort of no-nonsense midfield player. Um, a lot of the play can go through Ben. Um, he's got a good eye for a pass and he's also known to um, score the occasional goal from, from outside of the box. So um, Ben will probably start in midfield and somebody to look out for. Um, up front, I think oh, actually the, probably the other person who's really been playing on form recently at the moment is the goalkeeper, Craig McGillivray. He's kept us in games a, a, a few times. And in fact, some of the, the games toward the end of Jacket's reign, uh, he was one of the only positives um, players on the pitch. Um, good record of saving penalties as well. Uh, great shot stopper and commanding in his area. So I think it's also keeping an eye out for him. We've had a couple of... Um, injuries up front. I think it's likely that John Marcus is going to be suspended for this game. So a little bit unsure who the who the target man will be. Um, really, uh, Michael Jacobs. Unfortunately, he's um, he's had a, a a few injuries this season, so um, he hasn't played as as uh, as much as we'd have hoped. Um, I think when he has paid, you know, he's, he's he's made a positive impact, but I think he'll hopefully do much better under the Cowleys where, you know, we look to move the ball about, get it out wide and, and bring the ball back in again. And hopefully we'll see more of Jacobs under the Cowleys. Um, obviously, I work for the Football Supporters Association, so uh, I've been working quite a lot with um, the guys at the Wigan Supporters Club who I know have put a huge amount of effort in over the last um, nine or ten months trying to save the club. I'm really, really pleased to see um, that the club is finally coming out of administration and has a new owner. Um, hopefully, um, it'll be a positive ownership for Wigan um, and you guys will be able to start climbing back up the Football League um, and work your way back towards the top. Favourite ever Wigan-Portsmouth game as a Pompey fan. It's got to be um, the last game of the season in 2006 when Pompey managed to avoid relegation with a 2-1 uh, win up at Wigan. I think if my memory serves me correctly, you guys went 1-0 uh, up uh, and I think we, we came back uh, with an equaliser shortly afterwards and then um, maybe about 15-20 minutes from the end of the game I think we got a penalty um, which uh, Matty Taylor put away. I know there was a lot of Pompey fans up there that day, I certainly was. There was huge celebrations um, after the game and you know it's funny isn't it sometimes you can celebrate avoiding relegation just as much as you can uh, winning a trophy or, or winning promotion uh, gonna have to disappoint you with my prediction for Saturday as I said we're doing well under the Cowleys uh, and I know you guys have had a tough season so far uh, although I'm sure Liam Richardson will do his best to, to rally the troops against his old club but I'm still going to go for a Pompey win, um, a 2-0. Well, Adam, he, he spoke very well, didn't he? Uh, obviously, about our situation as well. And um, and about the Coyley brothers, who I think sound like a country and western band. <laughs> Take me yeah, yeah. the roads and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, he's quite complimentary of them so far. Uh, I think, I think, yeah, 
jacket needed to get his jacket, I think, and leave the room because I think, I think even last time we spoke to him, it didn't seem like they were over a mod with him. And albeit he's been there or thereabouts over the last few years, I think the expectations from Portsmouth is that they'd be a top two side. And to be honest, on the jacket, they haven't really threatened it. So I think I think the change probably had to be made. Um, yeah, he seems quite happy so far. He seems confident, um, you know, that they're picking points up. And I noticed Michael Jacobs is back in there playing. He assisted one of the goals um, yesterday. So just hoping we can keep him quiet. I'm hoping it's going to be raining because he he, he is probably one of the best players in the world in the sun. So let's hope for a bad... Uh, usually it rains on a bank holiday, so fingers crossed it rains Well, the, again. the weather forecast for tomorrow is... Uh, Two degrees and with a possibility of snow. So <laughs> that's not Michael Jacobs weather, is it? <laughs> hardly, hardly at all. So yeah, I mean, obviously, it's quite confident that they're going to win. The pushing for the playoffs, he's predicted a Pompey win, but it didn't turn out that way down at Fratton Park, did it? Back in September when we were there. Oh, we were big underdogs on that day, weren't we? Yeah, I, I seem to remember a, a Tom Tom James absolute stunning goal, but to make it 2-0, who scored the first one? Oh, I'm not remembering the games like I used to, but I, I think it was probably, was it Lee Evans? Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. It was Lee Evans. Good work from Otterbar, I think. It's coming back now. And then it, there was a bit of a scramble in the box, I think, and it, it just came out to Evans and he just put it in from 12 yards. It's all coming back to me. It scored really late on, it? 89th minute, which was... Uh... I mean, at the time, we thought we were going to get go down there and get turned over, didn't we, because of the state of th- things. I mean, we were s- scrambling for players. Nathan Cameron played in that game for us. People say, ooh, and I say, Nathan Cameron. And they still say, yeah. ooh, and, and they're right. I mean, what did, did he sign on for a month or so and then get injured halfway through? Yeah, I think the only thing I remember is the fact that it was, uh, I think we put out Cameron and Johnson, didn't we, for one game. The two, pre- uh, well... Two of the last three uh, leaders of the uh, country. But we won't go down politics routes. We could be here all day. Especially with May just around the corner, so we'll leave it there. So that was the last time out. So, we, you know, they expected to do us that day and we kept come away with a... It was quite a comfortable 2-1, weren't it? You know, it sounds like it was edgy, but it, it wasn't. So we've played Pompey previously 20 times, only won six of those, drawn four and lost ten. The first time I remember quite vividly. I didn't go to it because I was playing myself, but it was in 1978 in our first season in the Football League. Uh, we we uh, won a storm 2-1 and lost away 1-0 that season. I'm just what like the trajectory of them, whether a similar side to us in the sense that they were in the bottom and then went went up to the top and then back down to the bottom. Hopefully, though, ours doesn't go quite to the bottom like theirs did, but... Yeah. On won the FA Cup in between. I'll give you my standout game and then you, you can tell me yours. My standout game against Portsmouth was, uh, it might be the same one actually, was on the 5th of November in our first yeah. season in the Premier League. Quarter past five kickoff. Who scored that game? Uh, Jason Roberts, Pascal Chimbonda. Yeah, that's correct. It always helps when you're there, doesn't it? You remember it a lot better if you're actually there. It would... Chucking it down, and there weren't much cover behind goal. Well, there's what there's one other that could speak, springs to mind if we, if we're going for home games. Uh, obviously, Ash mentioned Ashley mentioned the when when they stayed up uh, with a two one win against us when you know, we we were already safe. But uh, the one that stands out for me was just for you'll see where I'm going with it. We only won, we won one 0 last game of the season, 
I think it was uh, the debut, league debut of Callum McManaman, I believe. So, uh, and he was never to be seen again, was he? What did he ever do for us? What, what did he ever do? That was under Steve Bruce, weren't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a shame because we we kind of faded a bit after Esky and Palacios had left in the in the January window, and then. But even so, we started, in my view, probably our strongest squad uh, in talent, certainly individually, talent wise, but. Obviously, Bruce, a couple of weeks later, had gone and uh, half of the players disappeared and the rest is history, as they say. But obviously, that started the new era with Martinez and, you know, what did he ever do for us? Indeed. Predictions then. Uh, first of all, do you think there'll be any changes, Adam, from Wednesday? Did we, pick, we didn't pick up any new injuries, did we? Can't really see where we would go with it, really. I, I thought we didn't really analyse the game that much the other day, uh, obviously because of the, the takeover, but I wasn't impressed with Proctor the other night, really. I, I mean, he's done all right for us in some games, but I, I just thought we had a really off, off game. Now, whether he's just not quite fit, I think we're probably trying to rotate him and Keane because, to be honest, they, they, look, they both look like walking injuries, don't they? You know, just waiting to happen. It's, uh, it's a shame because they probably, if they were fully fit, I think they'd both offer something. I don't know whether we'd bring back in, um, what's his name? I forgot his Jordan. name now. Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, just, just for something a bit different, maybe a bit more energy up there and possibly. Um, Otterbath, I'm not sure. It's a tough one with him, really, because he's got the talent, but is he is he really struggling? What I mean is because uh, he he's certainly not the player he was in the first part of the season. And obviously, fair play to him, you know, playing through the pain and playing through this injury. But I, I, we're just not getting getting the best out of him at the moment, really. I don't know whether I'd be tempted to use him as an impact, 15, 20-minute impact, and maybe put Gardner in there, possibly. I thought Asgard did well the other night. I'd like to see him stay in the team. But I don't think I don't think any of the injured players are due back, are they, as far as I'm aware? No, I think Chris Murray's the closest. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be like a new player, really, wouldn't he? You know, coming in, because he was, he was on real form um, before he got that hamstring injury. And it maybe frees up a bit more. You can maybe do a little bit more with your midfield, possibly. But yeah, there's there's not a lot of options because of the injuries and the, the size of the squad, really. Uh, and we've had a bit of a rest, haven't we? So I don't see if we did pick the same team, it wouldn't surprise me. But I would like maybe to see one or, one or two changes, probably. And, and what's your prediction? What about you, what about you Barry? Yeah, I'm a little bit with you. I like Proctor. Well, I liked him when he I liked him when he made his debut. Um, against Wimbledon, and I liked him at Wimbledon. I thought he played really well, but it was a, it was a strange old game down at Gillingham, and like the the midfield was totally bypassed, and the players were trying to drop to get on the ball, and it, it was horrible. It was horrible. I, I think under the Cowleys, they play a, a direct way, don't they? A direct style, but it'll not be in the same vein as as an horrible as. On, as the Gillingham game, I, I'd I'd tend to keep it as it is, um, with the possibility of maybe bringing Joe Dodu on a little bit sooner because he, he he runs about a lot, but does he bring anything anything more than that energy? I know he scored a goal, but it was put on a plate for him, weren't it? The goal he did. Yeah, I, I know what you say. He probably doesn't have the quality of a Proctor or a Keane, but sometimes it's it, you wonder whether it, will, his, will his energy allow Callum Lang. Callum Lang to me is doing. He's doing all the forward players running. There's only him really who's, who's making runs. Yeah. And I, I would like him 
to maybe dominate the game more in terms of getting on the ball and doing things with the ball because he's very good at that as well. And maybe that's where he'd be more dangerous rather than having to run into the channels all the time. Yeah, I think with Proctor playing, uh, Lang doesn't get to play through the middle as much, does he? Whereas if perhaps Proctor didn't play and you had Keane as a number 10, you could play Callum straight through the middle then. Yeah, it's just a bit. We, again, we've been a victim because just as just as he was coming good, Massey starting to look good again. He could have played on the right, and then you play Lang down the centre, and then you know you can use your Proctors and your Keens sparingly, really, because that, I just don't think they've got a ninety minutes in them. Really, I just think that they pick up niggles, don't they? And and it's not good for a striker if you if you're in one week out the next, you can't get that sort of uh, momentum really going can you so yeah. I'm not going to criticise any any player obviously because they're all doing brilliantly in the circumstances so let, let's let's support whoever he picks on absolutely on yeah absolutely so uh, give us a prediction then I'll give you mine first if you want uh, well, go on, a little bit easier I, I've just got a feeling we've got got the uh, better of Portsmouth this season and I know they're up there and it's uh, you know challenging but like you said earlier We've not played badly, apart from Accrington away, which I put down to the pitch as much as anything else, because Accrington were awful, and I, I, that the pitch didn't help either side. I think we're going to do them. I'm, I'm going to go for a two-one Latics win, and we've because we've had a couple of days extra rest as well. So two-one to the Latics for me. I mean, you, you know what I'm like. I usually go for a Wigan win, uh, so I might change tactics to see whether it brings us any luck. So I, I'm going to have a repeat. I think of the last time he came to the DW. I could be wrong, but I thought the last time he came was a one-one draw. Is that correct? Um, Dunkley got sent off from memory. Um, so I'll go for a one-one uh, again. Which you know, brilliant if we win, but I don't think a one-one will be a disaster. Uh, I thought I think that would be seen as a decent result in the in the circumstances. Yeah, 1-1, one, one. Uh, and Dunkley did get sent off uh, because somebody feigned yeah. injury. And I think if Dunkley had have smacked him one in the jaw, it'd have been out the stadium. It was, uh, <laughs> our old fran- friend Brett Pittman, wasn't it, who went down like he'd been hit by Mike yeah. Tyson. I, I, I have a feeling he might have even scored that day. I can't remember, but I think yeah. he might have scored their equaliser. He's been a thorn in our side during the years, hasn't he? Pittman. Yeah, he needs to get back, get back down the pit. Right, is it where is he now? Is it is he at Swindon or Bristol Rovers? He's, he's one of our, he's down there with one of our relegation rivals, isn't he? Swindon rings about. Swindon. Yeah. Last game at season. Oh no! <laughs> I hope it's not got history written on. Oh, oh yeah, oh. you've got you've got you've got Sheridan. I think Pittman's there, and also what's his name, the Matty, Matty Palmer. It's got it's got it written all over it, hasn't it? It's got the script there, and of, of course we've got Paul Jewell as the director of football. We're going to knock it on the head now. The dogs are barking, telling me we've done enough. On that note, it's a good afternoon from me, and a happy Easter, everyone. Yeah, and a barking afternoon for the dog. 